Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there, I'm Jason and I love Star Wars. Hi there, I'm Tyler and I also love Star Wars. Hi, I'm Kelly and I also love Star Wars. And you're listening to the Mickey Rules the World podcast spoiler cast for Clone Wars Season 7 Episodes 1 through 4, a.k.a the Bad Batch arc. And hello, Kelly. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's always nice to talk to you, especially about Star Wars, because I feel like you love it as much as we do. Uh, yeah, I love it a lot. Maybe too I think, much. I think <laughs> Kelly loves it more than we do. Pro- well, probably. Uh, did you see the Chewie and the Porgs read-along that was posted today? I I did, yes. I almost let something slip, but yes. <laughs> I did see it. Oh. <laughs> Kelly has insider information. <laughs> Caught me off guard there. Wait, what What were you going to say? Inquiring minds uh, want to sure know. I'm sure I can say it. I, I knew uh, I made a craft to go with it. Hopefully that'll go up pretty soon. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. fun. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I was very excited yeah, when um, I saw that today. Kelly, where can people find that craft? Uh, they can find it on StarWars.com. Excellent. Yes, I enjoyed your your post this morning about why Chewie is the best friend ever. Yeah, I've had him, I don't know, I've just been thinking about the guy lately. He does not get enough credit. It's true. And um, speaking of clones, which we weren't because we were talking about Chewbacca, but um, <laughs> we, we have the Clone Wars Season 7. Now, because of everything that's going on in the state of the world, we um, are just now doing our spoiler cast for episodes one through four. Um, We decided that we were going to break these down arc by arc rather than episode by episode. And um, so this is the Bad Batch arc. Uh, Just a reminder, this is a this is our uh, spoiler cast of Clone Wars season seven, episodes one through four. If you have not seen those yet, um, pause this and come back to it after you've jumped on on Disney+. Plus. All four of the episodes are now available, and you can watch and stream those. And then come back and listen and hear what we we had to say about it and what Kelly, the official Star Wars person, had to say about it as well. <laughs> Kelly, I would love to know what your immediate thoughts are about this first, like the initial foray into this final season of The Clone Wars. Um, so I loved it. I was not familiar with the story. I know that the animatics had been released a while ago, so some people already knew about it, but, um, not me. So I went in kind of blind and I just, I loved everything about it. Yeah. I also went in blind like you. I knew that there were animatics, but I never watched them because I had not watched the Clone Wars until Disney plus. And so it was, it was not on my radar as something that I should have been watching. But um, Tyler, what about you? What do you? How do you feel about it? Um, I really enjoyed it as well. To me, this this arc feels like it's like watching a Star Wars version of the A Team. Uh, yes, excuse me. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly that what I was going to say. Which I clicked like. Yes, uh, it feels like a Star Wars version of the A Team. It's all these like different guys coming together with their different skills, and they're all a little bit crazy. And um, and so I I really enjoyed that. I like. 
80s, some of those like 80s action TVs. And this kind of mm-hmm. felt like it had that Star Wars spin on that. Um, but I really liked it. I, I, I have a question for both of you. And it, it comes off of what you both have talked about, that this was a storyline that was already out there. Were you at all disappointed kind of going into this, knowing that they were starting with a storyline of, oh, hey, we never got to use this. So here, let's use it. Uh, I wasn't because I was excited to see Dave Filoni finish out the story the way he meant to. Yeah, I wasn't disappointed just because it was more right. Like I'm excited for whatever they give us because I enjoy all of these characters and I like the timeline that they're in and all of that stuff. So more is better. And despite the fact that people had seen this and, and kind of knew what was coming it was interesting for me because they're all new characters to me. At least the Clone Force 99 were all new characters to me. And um, and the story itself played out really well. I really enjoyed how that, how it the start, middle, finish, right? Like all of it. I really liked how it went through. So the uh, the story of the Bad Batch arc basically focuses on uh, Captain Rex, Anakin, and clone unit 99 as they uh, discover that echo is still alive go rescue him and bring him back like that's the that's the overarching story of these four episodes and um i guess my my question for you guys is which parts of these episodes did you like the best uh, i have to start out by shouting out that d bradley baker did the most amazing job like you never once got the impression you were hearing the same voice between all the characters. Right. Uh, I was just blown away the whole, every episode by his, by his work. I would agree with that. I, I think it's really cool seeing how he focused on giving each one of these clones a different personality. Um, it was done so well through the, the characteristics of them visually, but he brought each of them to life with kind of a different mannerism. And I, I really liked that as well. Well, you know, and it's like there, you can say that for the entire run of the clone war season, mm-hmm. right? Because he, he's been doing this for years and, uh, as the voice of the clones. And I've always been impressed with how unique he can make each one. Like I know when captain Rex is talking because that's captain Rex's voice despite the fact that he's the same person as Cody or as, you know, any of the others. So I, yeah, I'm really impressed with how well he was able to differentiate that. Yeah. I saw somebody on Twitter ask if your favorite Ninja Turtle lines up with your favorite member of the bad batch. And mine totally does. Cause it's Donatello and tech. Yeah. Oh man. That's so great. <laughs> So maybe we jump into this here. Do you guys and Kelly already shared hers, but maybe she can expand on it a little more. Do you have, what was your favorite character from the Bad Batch? Yeah, I think mine was Tech, although Wrecker really started to grow on me there. Uh, the <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed seeing him do his own, like contributing in his own way from the translating to, I guess they were slicing or whatever they were doing to help out Echo. Yeah, I really enjoyed Tech. Yeah. So for me, it was crosshair because, um, in my mind, like whenever I play first person shooter games or anything like that, I always love being the long range, you know, like 
sitting back and trying to take out as many enemies as I can from a long distance. And so I really appreciated that they had that specialty in uh, in their team. And so he was my favorite uh, of the Bad Batch. But I'm, I, I don't know which of the Ninja Turtles he would correspond <laughs> with, right? Like, is he more Raphael or is he... Because if Hunter is Leonardo... Yeah. And tech he's the leader, right? is Donatello, mm-hmm. right? Is Wrecker Michelangelo because he's more fun lovey and excited so. to go fight? And then that would make Crosshair Raphael, who was all about inflicting as much damage as he can. So, yeah, I guess that corresponds because <laughs> Raphael was always one of my favorites. What about you, Tyler? Um I will I will say that I I started off being a really uh, big fan of Wrecker. Um, he he immediately had this impression of this clone that just thinks without th- or uh, acts without thinking, charges straight into battle, and he just wants to kill as many battle droids as possible. He kind of had that. Um, if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings and the scene in Return of the King where you know, Gimli and Legolas are, are fighting and they're keeping score. He kind of had that Gimli vibe of like, I yes. just want to get out there and kill as many as possible. And, and, but he, he seemed like if he were off the battlefield, like let's say Clone Wars is completely over and all of these clones are decommissioned and they just have to go live normal lifestyles. Like he just feels like he would be a big teddy bear. Like <laughs> he, he seemed like he like cared a bunch about like the guys that he had around him, and that underneath that real hard exterior is a just a big cuddly teddy bear. Um, but I will say I was a huge fan of Crosshair, and I think just for the fact that like similar to Jason, like if I were to ever play games, I'm terrible at first person shooter games. But if I were, I like to be the guy who's just like I'm off in the distance somewhere, and you have no idea that I'm like staring down a scope looking right at you and i thought he had some really cool like he just seemed like the real cool cat of the bunch because he mm-hmm. didn't care and yet he could pull off these amazing like sniper trick shots that like was it was like those were some of the coolest animation sequences mm-hmm. watching his like oh i'm going to like i'm going to i'm going to do this that was really cool so. all of the mirrors yeah, and, oh yeah in Battlefront 2, you can play a specialist, which is basically a sniper, and it looks really similar. And you, oh, you, can, cool. be a, you can be a clone sniper that way. And so every time they would switch and he would, you know, do like a headshot, I would yell, that's me! Because <laughs> 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 that's what I like to do in Battlefront. But I really liked on his elbow, he had a special piece of armor for steadying yes. the shot. It, yes. That was so cool. Oh, man. I, I really enjoy how they... That's another thing, right? Like their the design of their armor, right? So they they look completely different from any other clone that we have seen so far. Uh, they have the gray and red color scheme. They use the skull logo, but how each member had armor that was specifically designed for their specialty, and uh, mm-hmm. I I really enjoy all of that because it shows how much care the designers of the show put into building these characters, right? Like you can see that they had a really good time making these characters. I would agree. I like that they were nicknamed the bad batch when in reality, like if they had the ability to, I feel like they would have wanted more like special force groups like this because it's cool having the soldiers that can march out there and, 
and and they're a little more unfortunately most of the clones are disposable and that's kind of how they're utilized but i i think that for for being known as the bad batch and the clones that didn't develop but they were born with these almost desirable mutations uh yeah i liked that they were nicknamed after uh 99 who was the janitor that we see in um, in the earlier seasons but it's so funny because the the vibe that was always given off and how 99 was treated was that he wasn't like as useful as the other clones and yet this bad batch is there's at one point where they they talk themselves up as like there's not a mission that we've ever been given that we failed at and right. so it's almost like they're more useful than just your standard clone yeah, I went back after uh, after watching this arc, and I went back and watched the beginning of season three with the clone cadets and arc troopers episodes. Oh, nice. And I, yeah, and arc troopers is such a good episode. It's probably one of my favorites now. But yeah, it's the introduction of Echo in clone cadets in '99. He's in there too, mm-hmm. so it's those are great to go back and watch after these episodes. There's also the episode from season one where on where they're on the moon, and that's kind of it's that out of order kind of mm-hmm. segment, but you get. You're introduced to them there, and then you get to see them as kids in Domino Squad as they're kind of coming up, and then you see Fives and Echo in that next episode, the Arc Troopers. I, I think that's a really cool kind of introduction of these characters, and it's how we got so involved with a lot of them is they're constantly referenced. Like you can you can look at Fives and his armor, and and if you're a fan of Clone Wars, you know that's Fives. Right. Where you can look at Echo and you know that's him. And so I think that was what's really cool about this series as a whole is we're still dealing with these characters where even if they were in full armor with their helmets on, I know which character that is. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I started watching Clone Wars just recently after it was up on Disney+. And so I had the luxury of being able to go through and watch them out of release order in specifically chronological mm-hmm. order. So all of those training episodes, all of that, like the arc troopers episodes and all of those leading up to how heavy died on the moon. What like that was all introduction for me. And so, because I watched them first since they were, you know, early in that uh, chronology. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it was really interesting getting to see how all of that, came together knowing that those episodes were later in the release order. Like those were what season three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also add into, I think, cause um, this is important understanding kind of the reference of talking about some of these characters and looking at the season three episodes. Um, it's also, I think important to understand and go back. I had to go back and watch the episodes where they're trying to break the Jedi master out of the Citadel. Um, and it's where Echo dies, quote unquote. Right. Um, and so that was, I was, I, I was confused because as we jumped in, I was like, oh, that's right. Echo's dead. Um, and I wanted to get that context. So I believe that's season three as well. That was an interesting set of episodes. The rescue of, I'm Googling Jedi with big ears. <laughs> Evan well, PL. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. When they rescued Evan PL. It's also weird because that that's a weird episode too because that's where we start seeing that relationship between um, uh, Moff Tarkin and Anakin. Here's a question that I had during all of this. Um, we know that Commander Cody does not get his control chip removed because he is one of the main 
clones in uh, Revenge of the Sith that turns against Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, we know that Rex does and uh, Gregor and the the clones that we see in Star Wars Rebels, uh, they had removed their chips, so they did not turn for Order 66. Um, do the clones of Clone Force 99, the Bad Batch, do they have control chips and slash or did they remove them? I'd like to think tech figured it out and helped remove them, but oh, I don't know. That'd be a that'd be interesting if they did. Uh, at what point do we may do we maybe get a reappearance by the Bad Batch? Is this the last that we've seen of them? Right, because obviously I, it's probably it's probably going to be the end of where we see them in Clone Wars. But we've there's been quite a few rumors out there circling that there's going to be some sort of um, sequel to Rebels, um, and that may be a, a reintroduction of those. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Characters, just like, you know, after Clone Wars ended, we thought that, okay, we've seen the last of Rex. Mm -hmm. And then we got his reappearance in Rebels. Um, could the same thing happen for the Bad Batch or maybe one or two of them um, in a reappearance in some sort of Rebels sequel? Right. And if we're going to get live action Ahsoka, what would what would that mean for a live action Bad Batch? That would be cool. Who would you get to play each part? Send us your Ooh. fan casting. Yeah. <laughs> MRTW Does it have podcast. To be the same guy for all of them. Yeah. I, you know, I don't I don't know. I feel like yeah. I feel like there are ways <laughs> that you could have different actors play the same clone maybe. I don't know. I was wondering what you guys thought about the scene um, between Anakin and Padme and then Obi-Wan shortly after. I agree with the note that you wrote in our show notes that Obi-Wan totally knows. Totally. He absolutely <laughs> knows. And I think that because of what we have seen with Obi-Wan and Duchess Satine, that oh. he understands. And that's why he's and not... Like actively fighting against it. 
it makes a lot of sense when you put it into the context of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith as well. Obi-Wan addresses that at the end when, you know, they're they're racing after Count Dooku and and Padme falls out and he's he's Anakin's getting ready to jump and and go after her and Obi-Wan tells him you you know you'll be expelled from the Jedi order. I think there was a pretty clear understanding that Obi-Wan knew about what was happening. And then when you think about kind of that moment on Mustafar in episode three. There was never any like big moment where Obi-Wan is like, oh my gosh, I'm shocked by this thing that's been happening. <laughs> right. um, and so that was never, you know, as part of the, you know, prequel trilogy. And and I think it's safe to say that we're filling in some of those gaps of, hey, you know, there probably would have been a lot of moments where they came really close to being officially caught. But I think Obi-Wan, I think it's pretty fair to say that Obi-Wan knew about that. And does that mean Rex probably knew too if he was willing to, to cover the door for him? That's what I kind of like, that that relationship which has really developed over the seven seasons of Clone Wars is how close Rex and Anakin were. Um, and, you know, I, I think he kind of saw him as, he, he didn't see him. Obi-Wan has a lot more of the traditional general where he's like, you know, these clones you know, we can, we can be friendly with them, but we're not supposed to create these attachments. Whereas Anakin saw Rex as a friend more than he did as somebody who served under him. Mm. I agree with that. And especially with, with Anakin's relationship with Ahsoka, Ahsoka's relationship with Rex as well. Like all of that feels like a very, um, developed family dynamic. And rather than teacher student subordinate you know general sort of relationship and i think that that's one of the reasons why they were so effective when they did work together so i have something that i would like to share that i did not like about the arc and more importantly how it started okay um and i, I want to get your guys' thoughts on it i did not like the massively obvious foreshadowing that happened at the beginning of the first episode where, you know, they're, they're getting out of this briefing and um, Rex is um, talking and, and he's sharing like, Oh, you know, I, something inside me just feels like Echo's still alive. And he's using the, the reference of, um, you know, these are plans that we developed together. And, and, that, that feeling of, yeah, he carried that feeling of guilt because of what happened to Echo. But I didn't really like how they kind of pointed in the obvious direction of what it was going. I would have loved to have seen this played out if they had no idea. All they knew that there was this secret algorithm and they went to steal it. And then it was this big shock surprise. Like they hadn't even set up the tease that, oh, yeah, maybe it's Echo. I, I wish there had been no foreshadowing of that and just been... Hey, surprise. Now, we all kind of knew that there was a good chance that Echo was coming back. I think that was a rumor that was out there. But I, I would have loved to have seen it without that tease or that setup and just been surprised once they discovered what that signal really was. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's silly to say that the only thing I didn't like was how short it was, but it's actually true. I think, like you're saying, maybe more time to develop it would have been really a nice thing to see. But Maybe that's why they rushed in the, the echo right. from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just, you know, not feeling the need to say, hey, here's where we're, you know, 
if Rex doesn't bring up Echo at the beginning of that episode, I think we're all a little more surprised when they find him at the end of that episode and then try to break him out, but or at least find him in that next, or at least discover that that's actually where the signal was coming from. I get that they wanted time to utilize him and work him in so they could use him with the Bad Batch and he would join them at the end and you're limited by time. But I just felt like that foreshadowing was completely unnecessary. Um, it felt like it was set up as a twist, but they spoiled the surprise before <laughs> right. you even started working down that route. So I was just, it was very interesting to me that they, you know, that that was structured like that. But What did you guys think of the tried and true, but very tropey? Um, we have to recruit the locals to help us fight because if we don't, the bad guys will overrun them feel to the adventure on Scarrow. I mean, they really hosed those aliens. <laughs> right? Sorry, I just remember watching the whole time going, wow. All they did was really bring it straight to them. Sorry, Skako Minor. It was not Scarrow. Skako Minor. Mm -hmm. So many names that sound the same. Yeah, I, I feel like we have seen that plot a lot of times in Star Wars animated episodes and um that it was another one where I was just like, oh, all right, all right, you guys, like, I get it. We're going to take the locals and, and use, use the skills that they have to, to defeat an overwhelming enemy of droids. But yeah, I agree. They I, did think if, kind of I think of anything that this, like I, Kelly, I completely agree with what you're saying, how they, you know, technically that group of locals was fine and maybe something would have happened to them eventually, but it was because they showed up there that they got in trouble and then they, you know, started, they basically went to war with them. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it all points back to that potential, um, you know, again, it's a, it's a theory, but that star Wars clone wars is, you know, Republican propaganda that or repu republic propaganda that was you know created as a way where oh no these are the good guys who are here to save you from the separatists when in reality like they you know the separatists were living within proximity to them but they weren't bothering them at all um there was that there's that vibe that hey it wasn't you know nothing changed until the republic got there but then oh we want to present this as we're going to save you from the separatists and I thought that's, you know, we're going to save you from the enemy that we brought to your door. Gonna bring, yeah. well, right. Which, which has happened a ton in, in, um, in Clone Wars. So I don't know. That's my, that's another chalk that one up for another point for that conspiracy, I guess. Right. <laughs> and, uh, what did you guys think of the return of Admiral Trench? Was it a different voice? I was meaning to look it up. I felt like. Oh. It might have been a different actor, but otherwise, it was it was good to see him come back. Yeah, I always I enjoyed like him. him. Go ahead, Tom. I like him as a as a cyborg, as a cyborg, spiderborg. Yes. <laughs> you will not believe this. He was voiced by D. Bradley Baker. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Has he always been voiced by D. Bradley Baker? Uh, according to uh, Star Wars Fandom Wow. Admiral yeah. Trench was created for Star Wars The Clone Wars television series, made his first appearance in the second season in the episode Cat and Mouse, voiced by D. Bradley Baker. Okay, well, he was doing a really good George Takei, however you say, because at first I was like, that's got to be that guy. Right. 
Wow. So crazy. Good stuff. Yeah, I like Admiral Trench. <laughs> I like his design. I like his uh, all of his little mannerisms, his little tics, all of that stuff. And uh, I really enjoyed how we see Anakin's... Like, we've seen the darkness come out of Anakin a, a bit in the Clone Wars. But this is the first time at least for me, that it felt like, oh, nope, nope, this is, yep, this is Darth Vader coming coming out and just saying, nope, time for you to go. Yeah, it's like, there he is. There's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys at all, like, just keep working your way through and just, like, hoping, like, oh, maybe something will change. Like, <laughs> I know we're working through a storyline where we already know what happens, but, like, part of me just thinks, like, oh, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe this actually won't. Maybe you won't actually turn to the dark side, even though <laughs> it is. Some sometimes, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's interesting to see because you know it's something Anakin has done before. I want to say in one of the um, the early Mandalore Duchess episodes, he does the same thing where he just takes out somebody, but you get the different vibe from it. Whereas the first time he does it, you know he's doing it to save Obi Wan, but this time there's not that that good intention behind it. Right. Well, this time it was like, we've tried to kill you before. I'm actually going Let's to finish the job this time. Yeah. And, uh, and very Vader. And it was very like with Admiral Trench taunting him that it's not the Jedi way. And at, and Anakin saying, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here's my lightsaber. <laughs> yep. But, and we are in episode three now, right? Based on how Padme looked in the transmission. Right. With her baby bump. Yeah. So I guess it's all it's all coming together. Right. I We already know what's going to happen in episodes five through eight, uh, because those have aired for us as we are recording this episode. Um, but we're going to talk about those later. We have the Ahsoka arc in the middle, uh, five through eight, and we have the Siege of Mandalore in the end, um, which is going to coincide with the events of episode three. So I'm very curious how all of this is going to tie together, but we can, we can discuss that as we, uh, as we spoiler cast those episodes after they air. I'm just expressing my excitement because they've been really good. Let me add this too. And I'm not sure if you guys felt this way. I've had certain TV shows recently that I've watched because we've had so much extra time where I know where the series kind of goes based on things I've heard in the past. And so I'll start season one of that series and, oh, it doesn't feature all of the characters that I'm as familiar with. So you kind of like, oh, I just want to get through this so that I can get to the stuff that I've heard about in the past or, oh, I've you know, heard about this stuff. Do you guys feel the same way about season seven? The, I mean, for me, the biggest thing was seeing how the Ahsoka thing kind of was wrapped up uh, because we were left on, oh, she walked away from the order and we never heard from her again. Um, and then knowing that the Siege of Mandalore was also going to be present in this series. Did you guys feel that way working through the Bad Batch where, yeah, I want to see how this plays out, but I'm really more excited about arcs two and three that we're going to see in this series? Um, I would say I was like that before I actually started watching the Bad Batch, and then I was all in on that story. I would say before the season premiered, I was like, just get me to Mandalore. But once right. those episodes started, I, I got really into it. But yeah, even knowing... There are there's clues of what happens in the Siege of Mandalore. So even and even knowing that, I'm still super excited to see yeah. it. Yeah, for me, I yeah, I think I have to agree with Kelly. As it started, all I wanted was more Ahsoka because she has become one of my favorite characters in Star Wars as a whole. 
and uh, I wanted to get to those to those episodes. But once we got into it and I, you know, once we're introduced to the characters in the Bad Batch, I really enjoyed them and I really looked forward to watching those episodes. So, yeah, I think even now, right, like I know that we have the Siege of Mandalore coming up on Friday and uh, I'm super excited about it. But, you know, like I'm I'm at the point now where I'm just I'm just excited to have all of it and I want more of everything. I guess is my <laughs> is my real feeling, right? Like I want I want more episodes with Ahsoka doing her own thing. With all of the rumors about what's to come and live action and Mandalorian season 2 and all of these different things, I'm I'm just very excited to see how all of the all of the, how it all ties together. So, that's where I'm at. I would agree. It's very exciting stuff, and I'm actually probably going to spend some time today want, starting to dig into that next arc. And uh, do we start Siege of Mandalore this Friday? We start that arc. So. Yeah. yeah. We start that arc. Cool. With Ursa Ren and Bo-Katan and everyone else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about how all of the timelines are kind of coalescing. So it's, it's very cool. Kelly, any final any final thoughts on Bad Batch episodes one through four? I'm just glad it's back for a little bit. <laughs> I can't think of much else to say other than more Star Wars is always good. Um, but I really, I really did enjoy these four episodes way more than I expected. Yeah, me too. Tyler, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Excellent. I guess that's going to wrap up our spoiler cast of Clone Wars Season 7, Episodes 1 through 4, The Bad Batch Arc. And uh, I want to say thank you once again to Kelly Knox for joining us and talking about Star Wars. Yeah, thanks. thank you, Kelly. Oh, thanks for having me again. Yes. And um, once you do watch the Ahsoka arc, uh, we would love to have you back on to talk that arc if you wish. Okay. That sounds great. Don't forget, you can uh, follow along with us on Twitter and Instagram at MRTW Podcast. We haven't been doing a whole lot of posting just because of everything that's going on as I gesture at the world vaguely. And um, you can email us at MRTW at gmail.com. Uh, please do send in any thoughts or any questions or anything you have related to Star Wars or anything else. And uh, we will talk about it on the show. And... Um, until our next spoiler cast and our next main episode, I'm Jason and I love Star Wars. I'm Tyler and I love Star Wars too. I'm Kelly and I love Star Wars too. <laughs> Thanks again for listening and we'll see you uh, next time. Bye. Bye. The Mickey Rules the World podcast is an iHeartRadio podcast production of 96.5 Jack FM in Seattle and copyright 2020. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.